Welcome to the Love is a Trip podcast, where two life coaches talk the ups and the downs of love. Come enjoy the ride with Ash and Dad. Hey, hey, welcome back, everyone. Happy New Year. It's 2024, our first episode. (laughs) We are back for another year, another exciting year. I think this year is going to be special, you know, because it's like the numbers add up to be eight. And eight is supposed to be like a representative of abundance. So let's 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 get to it. (laughs) More in 2024. Is that what I'm hearing? Okay. You know, more in 2024. I'm with it. I love that. I love that. So this episode, we're going to be talking about something that I'm super excited about um, having a discussion with because my girl Daph uh, is in a wonderful and healthy and beautiful long distance relationship. And she and I wanted to talk about today how you make that work. What are the pros and cons? And just get into a little bit of her business today <laughs> so that we can give you all some tips and things that we feel are things that you should consider when even thinking about a long distance relationship. So Daph, let's let's start with just kind of discussing, you know, how your relationship started. Give us a little bit of background of, you know, how you got here. Yeah. So I was online dating uh, just looking when I started dating after my divorce, I was just kind of looking for just opportunities to go on dates. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know if I wanted to be in a relationship or anything like that. I was like, I just never dated. So let me date. Um, mm-hmm. So I was doing that online during the height of the pandemic. It was a little tricky because I was taking all the precautions. Yeah. So I was like, if you don't want to meet <laughs> outside in the park, I don't know what to tell you. Okay. Okay. Um, Wait, did you do, did you mask up too? Were you wearing masks on the dates as well? Because I'm thinking not if we were outside. Not okay. if we were outside. If we're outside in the park, you know, I wouldn't wear a mask. But okay. um and I was gonna say if we went indoors I would wear a mask, but I really went indoors during that okay. phase. I was really keeping it tight, keeping it locked down. So mm-hmm. yeah, so that made it a little tricky, but I still got the chance to go on some dates and meet some people and just kind of got to the place where I figured out I do want to try being in a long-term relationship again mm-hmm. and had been looking here in Houston for a little bit and just wasn't finding much success. I was really finding kind of the same person in a lot of ways over and over again. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was helpful because I was kind of honing in on what I wanted. But, um, you know, I wasn't, you know, finding that exact thing. So I had an opportunity about a year ago to go to Portland for work. And so I decided, let me just change my location in here and just put on here that I'll be here for work and Mm -hmm. looking for somebody to show me around, you know, that Mm -hmm. type of thing. And so that's when I connected with Boo Thang. We'll call him Boo Thang on the episode. <laughs> um, I connected with him online. He's actually from Texas okay. and uh, from Dallas. So we grew up not too far from each other. So we connected on that. Mm. And then so when I got there, when I got to Portland, it was the day before my work stuff started. So we decided to go out on a date. And that was actually a year ago today. What? Oh, this is so. This is the first date anniversary today that it we're is. recording. Oh, it's a wonderful. <laughs> and now, what what app did you use? Like, I'm curious. We we were using Hinge. Both using Hinge. Okay, all right. Mm-hmm. So some success stories here for Hinge. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't. I feel like Hinge was probably my most successful app. I think I tried Bumble, also Coffee Meets Bagel, Facebook dating. Mm-hmm. But I think I got the most quality connections with Hinge. Okay. And, you know, and I've heard some people say that I've used Hinge and Bumble, you know, kind of both at the same time. Um, and I think I think there do seem to be a few more quality people on Hinge. So, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's how we met and that, yeah, first connected and then just kind of hit it off from there. Mm-hmm. Um since then, we were talking about this. We've communicated every single day since the first date wow. in some form or fashion. The only uh, times we haven't actually talked is when I was on a cruise with my family. So we were texting okay. then, but we didn't actually talk. I didn't mm-hmm. have signal. Okay. Now, all right. So that's that's how you guys met. When did you decide? Because I know you live in Houston and he's in Portland. 
what made you all open up to long distance dating? Because I, I know, like for me, I'm I I've never long distance dated. Yeah, well, you actually have to take that back. I've had one long distance relationship, and I think the hardest thing for me is that I'm big on my love languages are physical touch and quality time. And those are two things that are like the biggest challenge in a long distance relationship because you're not in the same city. You can't, you know, physically touch someone. And so I've always kind of said after that one long distance relationship I had failed and I was like, you know what, maybe I'm, maybe I'm not cut out for this long distance thing. So what made you, you know, get to a point to where you said, okay, I think I'm open to doing it this way. Did it always kind of suit your personality or Kind of, or maybe, you know, did you think that I just need to make a change because Houston's not doing it or? Yeah, it was more so that, you know, I wouldn't say I was always open to it. Actually, I wasn't always open to it. I wanted to find someone in my community. Um, But the more and more I was dating in my community and not finding what I wanted, I was just thinking about, you know, kind of like broadening my horizons a little bit. And what sealed the deal for me was when I visited my friend in Amsterdam um, in December of 2022. So about a month before I met Boothang, I visited Amsterdam and was talking to that friend. And she was like, you know, you should just like see who's here. You know, it Mm -hmm. doesn't hurt. And so it was the last day I was there. I just changed my location and just started connecting with people. I was like, oh, people are, you know, everywhere and so (laughs) I was thinking you know basically the conclusion I came to was that it is easier for somebody to change their location than it is Mm -hmm. to change their character or to change their Uh personality okay um so I was like yeah so I was like if I want to meet somebody different you know maybe I need to go somewhere different right yeah um and I wouldn't say when I changed my location in the app going to Portland that I was like, okay, I'm gonna find like a long distance partner. Mm-hmm. I was like, let me just see what happens. Yeah. So and just we just decided so to, be open. to connect. Yeah, yeah. I just decided to be open. And I, I think so I know he says he was open to it as well. But he also didn't really think anything would come of it. So it kind really? of caught him by surprise. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you both kind of were like, well, you know, something to do. And then wow, now y'all boot up. That's awesome. Now, I know with your dating past, you kind of went from dating really short straight into a marriage. So you didn't have a lot of dating experience prior to marriage, a lot like myself. So, you know, did did either of you have, well, of course, you didn't have any long distance relationship um, experience. I actually did. You did? I did, actually. Mm -hmm. Okay. So let's talk about, because did he too? Yes. So we both, we both had a little bit. So I actually did my first boyfriend. So I only had one boyfriend before I got married. Okay. This was towards uh, the end of my time in college. It didn't start out long distance. Okay. We started dating when I was still there finishing up my time at Baylor in Waco. And then I moved back to Houston before, uh, for that summer, before I was going to law school in Atlanta in the Mm -hmm. fall and he was still in Waco studying there and it was just a situation where we thought we would want to do long distance but we spread out and it was like uh you know I'm good (laughs) (laughs) you do your thing so uh yeah and then Boothang's experience was kind of similar like that relationship started out in person and then Mm -hmm. someone moved I don't remember if it was him I think it was a person he was dating who moved. And then when she moved, she was kind of like, eh, I don't yeah. really, I'm not really feeling it. And he wasn't either. Mm. So, yeah. So we both had similar long distance experiences. Okay. Before. Yeah. Now that's interesting because in your, in both of you all situations that did not last with the long distance relationships, they started out local, but then there was the split. And then the split is kind of what led to the demise of the relationship. So I wonder if that plays anything. Tell us, I think maybe if you start out long distance, well, is there, does it feel like there's more of a, uh, a a motivation to keep it going? Or what do you think? Well, I I don't know generally. I know for both of our situations, we both said like we probably needed to just break up anyway. Okay. Those people. So, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so that made it, the distance made it easy to say, you know what? 
this not, not really working. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it could be successful, right? I think it's really just all about the person and mm-hmm. the quality and the health of the relationship. Okay. Okay. So now what do you feel at this stage in the relationship? And you can maybe add in some things that maybe he's said in, in conversations too. What do you all enjoy about being long distance? Are there certain aspects of it that you really like? Yeah, we both like having the change of scenery. Okay. Our day to day. He lives in California now, and I really like California. And I liked Portland when he was there. And so I really enjoyed going to see some different scenery, um, especially the nature that's there. Because Houston is just very flat. You know, yeah. we don't have a ton. It's very concrete. We don't, mm-hmm. we don't have a ton of nature scenery like that. So I really enjoyed the opportunity to go see something different, you know, mm-hmm. which I could do whether or not I was in a relationship, but it gives right. me that regular opportunity to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really appreciate that. And then, you know, he's from Texas, so he gets the opportunity to come here, have some nostalgia and see his family and things like that. Um, yeah. So that's really cool. Mm-hmm. I think also because we're long distance, we're really intentional about our time together and making mm-hmm. sure that we're enjoying it, you know, doing things that we enjoy together. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it, so we make the most of it and that, that makes the time really enjoyable. So, okay. yeah. And then I also enjoy just having my space, right? Like it's, it doesn't have to be a complete kind of upheaval of my life now that I'm in this relationship. I can mm-hmm. still have my space, my community, my time to do things that I enjoy on my own mm-hmm. um, and don't necessarily have to integrate him into all of that, mm, which is, that's... you know, it wouldn't be a bad thing, but I like doing what I'm doing, yeah. you know, I yeah. was really just loving my life. and so. Yeah. Yeah, I <laughs> so love that. I love that. Now, how do y'all handle communication? Because I'm pretty sure that's that has to be one of the hardest things, you know, trying to figure out how you want to do it or what's what style works for you best. Because of course one couple's style is not gonna work for somebody else. So how do you all handle the communication and, and maybe the differences in the in the ways that you all naturally communicate? Yeah, I feel like it's been more of a natural thing. I don't know if it's something that we said, oh, we need to figure it out. It's been more of a natural progression. With him being on the West Coast, there's a time difference there. Mm-hmm. So typically, just from a practical standpoint, he'll usually reach out to me first whenever he's awake, you know? Right. So I know, like, okay, he's just not not going to be available when I'm up. Yeah. And, you know, usually I'm going to bed early. So we're we're cognizant of, you know, that type of thing and trying to make sure that we're, you know, when we're apart, we're, we're putting uh, a priority on communicating with each other when it's good, you mm-hmm. know, for us in terms of our schedules and things like that. Um, so just from a practical standpoint, that's kind of how how it's worked out. And like I said, we've communicated every day. And that hasn't even been a like, oh, we have to communicate. We just mm-hmm. want to. Okay. Yeah. So even if it's just a quick phone call, like some days it's been a quick call, like he's in a master's program right now. So some days when he's heavy studying or things like that, or if I'm doing things for work, you know, then it might just be a quick call, but we, we do have that touch point every day. And even though just initially it started as something that was natural, we do want to be intentional about keeping that going. Mm-hmm. Okay. I like mm-hmm. that. I like that. Yeah. And then in terms of like communication styles, it's interesting um, thinking about going from being, you know, on the phone, on FaceTime to in person is kind of different. So it's mm-hmm. interesting navigating that. Like when you're on the phone, you ca- you have to talk, right? you know, <laughs> you, there is a little <laughs> bit of body language mm-hmm. that you can get, but it's totally different. You have to talk. And so just thinking about, you know, if there's times when. I might not feel like talking or he might not just being intentional or, um, what's the word I'm trying to say? Direct and just say like, I don't really feel like talking or I don't have nothing to say, you know? Mm -hmm. And sometimes, yeah, I'm not really the type of person. Like, I just want to be on the phone and look at you. Like, (laughs) (laughs) that's not really, you know, a a quality interaction for me. Not Uh most of the time it's not. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, we're not talking. All right. Okay. (laughs) 
I'll talk to you later. You now, do y'all do y'all FaceTime or is it mostly just like talking on the speaker? Oh, just it's usually like, FaceTime. Okay, okay, mm-hmm. yeah. So just like right when it gets to that natural ebb and flow, you're like, all right, I think we tapped out on conversation today. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And you know the funny thing I was I was reading this and it's like this new thing with the up and coming generation of people that I just I sometimes they do things that I don't understand but then I kind of like well maybe I do understand it people being on FaceTime with the, with each other and not saying anything so it's just kind of like maybe you're both working and you put the phone up and you FaceTime and you're on FaceTime you're not speaking but you're kind of like co-working but not speaking and so people are starting to do that with like just everyday things so maybe if I don't want to talk and I'm just watching tv and you just like sit and watch tv together but there's no maybe every now and then you say something but then you don't and part of me was like that's kind of weird but then I was like well if you think about if the person was there and y'all were watching the movie, you might not be talking the whole time, but exactly. but they're there physically. So it's like, well, okay, that's different. Yeah. So yeah. it's like... I just... We I, we do that sometimes, but okay. I, for me, I want to be intentional about it. Like, if we're going to co-work, like, let's, you know, what you working on? I got some work. Let's let's co-work. Versus, mm-hmm. like, we're on the phone. I'm like, okay, what are we talking? Like, what are we doing? <laughs> are you busy? Right. Do I need to call you back? Right, right. You know, that type of thing. And, you know, and I think it's just helpful to be clear, like, are we talking right now? Or do we just want to, like, spend this time doing our thing together? Mm-hmm. Um, that's super helpful for me, that, that clarity. I don't know that he needs that as much, but I'm mm-hmm. definitely, like, you good? Like, <laughs> you know, you doing work? Okay, I'll talk to you later because I'm not doing work and I want to talk, but you got something to do. So, I, you know. Yeah, I don't want to distract you, and I also don't want to just sit and look at you. So, I'll yeah, you. yeah. <laughs> now, what are uh, what are some few what are a few things that you all intentionally do to keep that connection strong between the two of you? Yeah. So, in terms of in person, we try to see each other every calendar month, right? We try okay. to see each other like every, you know, during every month on the calendar. It may not be 30 days, but we mm-hmm. want to see each other in every month. That's it's worked out well that way yeah. so far. Um so that's how we keep that part of the connection going. And mm-hmm. then when we're apart, we like to watch sporting events together okay. at the same time. So, you know, different football or basketball games, that mm-hmm. type of thing. We'll plan to watch those. We sometimes have movie nights where there's an app uh, where you can like log in with your streaming platform information and watch a movie at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like, and then also see each other on camera and hear the reactions and things like that. Oh, really? Oh, that's cute. Okay. It's really cool. It's really cool for a watch party because then it's not, all right, let's try to push play at the same time. Same time. (laughs) And then you hearing it in the background and they making, and I'm like, wait, I haven't gotten to that part. (laughs) Hold on. That's too much. Right. Right. Your Wi-Fi sync may not be the same as Wi-Fi. Exactly. Exactly. So Mm -hmm. we just use that program to watch, you know, movies or shows or whatever. Mm -hmm. So that's cool too. And then another thing that we've done that keeps a connection going, I don't think we've done it for that, but we just kind of naturally done it is we usually share whatever we're eating. Oh, um, yeah especially if we're going out somewhere having something like particularly delicious mm-hmm. and we're like yeah okay let me send you this picture <laughs> of what i'm eating so you can yeah. kind of experience this with me mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah you know that's one of the things i was reading about uh when i was doing some research because you know i like to get into the research mm-hmm. before our episodes and one of the things they were saying is to enjoy the mundane and to share the mundane things with each other. And that's exactly what you're doing with sharing what you're eating. And uh, in, in the long distance relationship that I did have, one of the things that we would do is every day, we both love music. And so every day we would share a song. And so it might be a song to start the morning. And then we might send another song around like lunchtime to say, okay, this is how I'm feeling right now. And, or some days we would have playlist battles. So, you know, like we, we would pick uh, a theme for the day and he'd be like, all right, today is seventies. 
And we're going to have a playlist battle on who can pick like the best song out of the 70s. And so we would go back and forth. So that was really cute. And it kept the excitement going. It, it left, you know, gave us an opportunity to do something different. But it was also, you know, just kind of one of those mundane things. It's not something that's like, oh, OK, you know, but it's just sharing those things with each other that just like further deepens your connection, even though you're not there physically. You know, it's something that you can do that is exciting. Something to kind of look forward to, too. Because if the person is not there, you know, every day you wake up, for the most part, they're not there. So it's Mm -hmm. something to look forward to. Like, oh, wait, here my song is coming. Or, oh, wait, it's lunchtime. What are you eating? You know, Mm -hmm. finding the love and just those mundane things, it really is a way to kind of develop a deeper intimacy, even though you can't be there physically, you know, right there in front of each other. So I, I love that. I think that's great. Yeah, I love that playlist battle idea. Maybe we'll mm-hmm. do that. Hey, you can steal it. You know, y'all y'all can add it add it to the rotation of things to do. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. I will. I like that. Yeah. Now, what advice would you give to someone that's considering long distance dating or maybe like on the fence, kind of like me, you know, and I'm like, ah, I don't know. I did it once, didn't go well. You know, but maybe I should try it again. So, I mean, you, you've given me a little inspiration because I see how happy you are. And I've met Boothang and you guys are so cute together. Y'all just seem like y'all y'all literally go together to me like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Like <laughs> I'm allergic to peanut butter, though, sis. Oh, that's right. That's right. I forgot. OK, new new analogy. What what kind almond of sandwich butter? Like? We can do almond <laughs> butter and jelly. That's fine. Almond butter and jelly. Yeah. Y'all just go together. It's just uh, y'all have a. Y'all develop like a natural rhythm. I don't think you even realize it. It's kind of like a natural flow to even y'all's interactions. It was really cute. You know, just like, oh, they got a little little sync going on. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So y'all, y'all were some inspiration to me. So what would you give as advice to someone who's thinking about it? Um, I would say first know that a long distance relationship is really an unconventional relationship. You know, it's not going to be something where you're like, all right, we'll do date nights this night and then go here and then do that. Mm -hmm. This is our routine. Like things are going to switch up. Right. And there's going to be a lot of different things you have to work around more so than a relationship with someone who lives in your community. Mm -hmm. So just be prepared for that and be open to that. Um, Mm -hmm. If you're already on the fence about it, I would say it's probably not for you because it does okay. take it does take a little more work, though. You can try it, you know, and, and see. But, you know, I would hate for somebody to be like, oh, I don't know. Let me see. And then you meet somebody that you like, but you can't really maintain the relationship and you're disappointed and frustrated and all, you know, which, mm-hmm. again, you can work through any of those feelings. Um, but just know, like it comes with those additional challenges. Um, and then, you know, also, like I was saying before, somebody can change their location quicker than they can change their character. Yeah. Right. So even if you're open to it, but you haven't found anybody, like don't settle, (laughs) you know, where you are. Right. Like just be mindful that, um, that while you're looking, you know, you don't have to fit somebody into your box or try to force somebody into the box of things that you want. Yeah. Um, And then also just have fun. Again, Mm -hmm. that's my whole thing with dating in general is have fun. Enjoy the experience. Yeah. If you are going to be dating long distance, like maybe think of somewhere that you enjoy visiting, enjoy going and Mm -hmm. can see yourself spending time there and change your location there, connect with people there and see. Um, but also it helps if you know people in that community or wherever they are, um, that's helpful for you to have that connection point. So maybe you are visiting somewhere new, um, or somewhere different, but you still have other connection points so that Mm -hmm. you're not totally consumed by the relationship whenever you're in their space. Yeah. Okay. I like that. Now, one of the, I looked up some do's and don'ts online um, so that we could share with the listeners. And you've actually mentioned some things that were on the list that are great, but some things that I, I thought were, I, I hadn't seen before. And I was like, oh, you know, let's share something that is not the typical of what you see out there for your do's and don'ts. So 
one of the things that I loved, um, which I also spoke with our, our coach, uh, Dr. Shaquinta, and she mentioned this, which I thought was great. And she said, if you're going to get into a long distance relationship, one of the things that you need to discuss is a financial plan. Because mm-hmm. even though you've decided on a cadence of, okay, we're going to see each other once a month or twice a month, if you all don't make the same money, you know, if, if the person you're dating makes six figures and, you know, you don't make as much, it's a much greater financial responsibility on you to make those trips than it is for the person that has like this high six figure salary. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, they can hop on the plane last minute but you may not be able to do do that. Mm-hmm. So it's saying, okay, would you be okay if sometimes, you know, maybe you, the person that makes the more money makes the trips those two times for one month or something like that, just to have that discussion so that it doesn't seem like the financial obligation is going to be harder and more of a, a, a hard chip on the other person, rather mm-hmm. the other person that has a six-figure salary. So I thought that yeah. was a good tip to to put out there just to have that discussion. Hey, how do we want to do this so that it's fair? Yeah, and that the definitely. other person doesn't feel like, hey, I'm carrying the burden. I don't, I don't make as much money. You know, this, mm-hmm. this is hard for me. So then you get yeah. to the city and you like, what are we eating? Because it's going to be a Burger King situation. Right. <laughs> exactly. No, that's, yeah, that's a good point. That's, yeah, mm-hmm. that is really important. And understand that that can change too. Like that's changed yeah. throughout the course of our relationship as he's transitioned to doing this master's program from working mm-hmm that we've had, we had to talk about that. Like, what does that look like? You know, yeah. what is, what is the cadence? Can we still maintain the same cadence of our travels? Mm-hmm. Do we need to meet somewhere, you know, maybe closer to the West coast still? Cause that's, that's mm-hmm. another thing we do is we do travel to each other's space, but then we also meet in other locations. Oh, cool. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. So we're talking about maybe going to Vegas, maybe Denver. He has family there and all those places are closer to the West coast, which would be cheaper for him to travel to that type of okay. thing. So mm-hmm. yeah, we, that, that's definitely a really good point. And another one I saw was maintaining your independence. And you mentioned mm-hmm. this earlier when you were talking about kind of, you know, the thing that you do like about it is that you're able to still have your own community. And one of the things that they were saying in this article was to, because you're not with the person, there is a difference in the longing in the relationship. Cause if you're, with each other in the same city, you're not really longing for that person like you are when it's a long distance relationship. You're going to have some days where you really miss them and hey, we just can't be together, but you may be having a moment. And it's important to have other things going on in your life, having other friends, other communities, so that when you have those moments where you're missing your boo thing, you still have other activities that you can fill your time with. And you're not sitting at home on Friday and Saturday and Sunday nights, you know, sitting there bored and sad and like, well, you're not here and I'm sad. And and then it puts an unfair emotional burden on the person you're dating because now they feel yeah. like, well, okay, what do I need to do? Because you, you're, you're missing me and there's nothing I can do about it because I'm not going to see you for two more weeks. So, you know, and all it, we have. Yeah. And it also might have you making some huge decisions in a hasty way, right? Yes. Like, oh, maybe I should move out there. Like, hold on. <laughs> Hold on. Don't you have something going on where you live? If not, like, why don't you try that out? I mean, of course, like, if you want to move, you can. But moving is a huge life transition. We've talked about that a lot on here. Moving is a huge life transition. And I know for us, what we've talked about, we're not going to put pressure on either person Mm -hmm. to try to make that move without being sure. You know, especially because we do have really solid support where we are. Yeah. And we know that having a solid support community is beneficial for us individually and together in our relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, if you're in a position where you don't have community and you're just, like you said, sitting at home by yourself, missing your person, which you'll miss them for sure. But if you're like, well, let me uproot my whole life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah. That <laughs> is not... Yeah, that's not the best place emotionally to be making that decision. Exactly. Yeah. Either saying I'm going to up and move or doing a pop up visit when they didn't they don't want you there. That could that could be tragic. You know, yeah. if you yeah. they open the door and you're there like I couldn't take it. And they'd be like, uh, we need to talk because um, you can't be here right now. You know, I got stuff right. going on. I can't entertain you you know this is also a violation of maybe one of my personal boundaries the fact that you're here 
without yeah. me asking for you to hear me or for you to yeah. be here or you know you get upset and pick an argument or start saying well you must not love me because I'm clearly missing you more than you missing me oh, my <laughs> so it's like get you some hobbies or something yeah. that you can do independently of that relationship and that's even to me even for people that aren't in long distance yeah. relationships I think it's important to also maintain your independence outside of the other person Another thing I saw that I thought was really cool was to switch your communication styles, like the mode of how you communicate. So maybe if you always do FaceTime, you know, maybe decide to write them a letter, you know, to send little love notes or things like that. Just trying to keep the communication, you know, fresh and spicy as well. So I thought that was cute. And um, yeah. And then another one that I thought I hadn't heard a lot lot about, which I'm sure people probably do it without even thinking about it. But this would be to do it more intentionally. And that is to share physical reminders of each other. So every time that you're there, maybe uh, you leave something, you know, at at their place, you know, but you're doing it intentionally for them Mm -hmm. to know. Not like you say, I'm (laughs) going to add this in here to try to set you up. But yeah. like, if maybe you have I'll a- do that. I because I usually take something. I'll be like, uh-huh. I'm taking your T-shirt or whatever. <laughs> but maybe I'll <laughs> I should leave something. Yeah, I'll leave a little something to wear when they're walking by. Maybe the bed or walking in the kitchen. Maybe it's a cute little mug or something that says, you know, it, as you're looking at this mug, I'm thinking about you. You know, something that just can keep uh the, them, you know, always thinking about you and knowing that hey, even though I'm not there physically, I'm always there so I thought that was that was sweet and I thought those were some things that I hadn't really heard before that I thought you know we can share that with the listeners now some of the don'ts um and and Shaquinta gave a good one that I didn't think about as well and she said was not trying to make every visit a catch-up and just making it be natural and not trying to think, okay, we're here. And, and now that we're here, it has to be like a vacation and we got to plan all these things and, and do. And it, it puts so much pressure on the person that that's, the, that's local. Now that you're coming, now they feel that they have to create an agenda, that we got to be doing something that you're here. And part of you becoming closer is knowing what it looks like your everyday life. Yeah. You know, because eventually at some point you are going to be in the same city. It, it, you know, maybe it's four years, five years, a year from now. Eventually you all are going to be together in one city at some point. So that's our goal. Yeah, that is yeah, our goal. That, some some people may not have that goal, but yeah, yeah that's definitely. Yeah, some people yeah. may not. But it's just knowing this is how that person's everyday looks. You know, when you wake up, this is what you do. Just knowing, you know how they are when you aren't there, you know, knowing this is how they move. This is kind of how they do things because if everything is like a vacation or a big event, when you come, you're not really seeing how they really live. You know, you're seeing how they can communicate, you know, or how they live, you know, when you're, when they're thinking, Oh, I got to plan stuff. And it's, it's not the same. So you definitely want to make sure that you just keep things normal on some of the trips and not try to make everything such a big event. I thought that was a good one. And another one that I read said, um, keeping your feelings, don't keep your feelings or your emotions to yourself, you know? So when you're having these really high feelings or when you're, when you're, when you're having difficulties with the relationship to just talk about it and what it does is it prepares you to get into the habit of having those difficult discussions, because even, even when you're going to be in the same city at some point, you still need to kind of have practice. And I think a lot of people get into this thought of if we're in long distance relationships, let's not argue. Let's not, because that's a, that's a waste of our valuable time. And because we don't have the beauty and the, the grace of time right now, let's not muddy it up by having these tough discussions. And it's really the opposite. You kind of need to have those discussions, you know, so that you can strengthen it and you can get into practice of having to do that once you all are in the same city and, and locally together. Mm-hmm. And having those tough discussions, I think this applies for long distance and just any relationship you're in. Having those discussions, those tough discussions will show you if you're safe with that person to be able Mm -hmm. to express your emotions, you know, Um, and can they handle that? Can they accept that and not necessarily take it personally, um, Mm -hmm. but understand that you're a human with emotions. 
and that they're human with emotions and like just trying to work together on yeah. that, you know, um, I feel like that often that's one of the first times you can start to see when you are either in a healthy relationship or not healthy relationship is how conflict is handled, right? Like if someone cannot handle your emotions, they either try to shift blame or not take accountability for something they've done, or they try to shame you or, you know, make you feel small, um, not smart or whatever for having your emotions, or they just dismiss them. Mm, that can be an indicator like maybe this isn't the healthiest situation for you right that's not necessarily oh i need to run right now but be observant of that pattern you know if you're not able to have difficult conversations because the person you're with can't handle that like maybe that's not a healthy situation long distance or otherwise yeah yeah that's a good point and something, too, that you mentioned about, you know, what we talked about eventually, the end goal for most people is to be in the same city. I actually have a friend who is married right now and she lives overseas and her husband is statewide. And for the majority of their marriage, they've been long distance and it works for them. Uh, she has a very challenging job that requires, you know, a lot of her time to be, you know, dedicated to work. And he's got his own business as well. So for them, it works. And so I think for most people, you just have to kind of figure out how it works for you. Everybody's not going to be open to it, but for other people, it actually works perfectly. And honestly, I think the older you get, (laughs) living apart ain't too bad. Like (laughs) when you, when the older you get, you get set in your ways and, you know, especially if y'all both have houses and Things where you like, uh-uh, I don't want to be touching my stuff. You know, you can come over, but these are the way I like things to look. Yes. And so, you know, it's really just being honest with yourself, knowing what you want, and then finding someone that wants that same thing that you mm-hmm. can connect with and be with. And so, yeah, yeah. I, I love it. So, yeah. And that's why yeah. I was saying, just remember, it's an unconventional relationship. You can make yeah. it what you want. So true. So true. Yeah. You can make up your own rules as long as y'all follow them. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and that you're happy with and then it works mm-hmm. for you so mm-hmm. yeah that's the beautiful thing about love it's all about what two people are determined and dedicated to make work and if you do it at the right time with the right person it'll work mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well Deb, i am so excited for you and boo thing and you know i'm hoping that you know one day we'll be on here and we'll be discussing you know the next part of your journey together <laughs> we'll see we'll We'll see see about that but i know we pretty we pretty locked in so you know all right locked in i love it i love it so anybody out there if you're considering long distance dating i think this is something that you should you know think about stay open to you just never know you never know so well now we've come up to the part of our episode where we have our coaching corner it's your turn. To and it's my us. turn. It's my what turn. Do you have and for us? Yeah. And so since this episode is about long distance relating uh, dating, I said, well, let's let's make the coaching corner tie into that. And one of the things that I work with my clients and my coaching business about when we talk about dating is to really just be intentional with love. And one of the ways that you can be intentional when you're getting out there and you're dating is to start creating some goals for your dating and your love life. A lot of times we create goals and intentions and we write things down when it comes to our life and how we want, you know, our goals for our personal life for work. But you need to spend some time with how you want your love life to be. How do you want relationships for you to be? There is a study that says that less than 2% of the American population writes down their intentions. Less than 2%. And if you write them down, studies have shown there's an 80% better chance of you reaching those goals. So not only thinking about these, these goals for your, for your love life, but also writing them down. You know, what do you want love to look like? What do you want it to feel like? What are the characters and things like you mentioned, Daphne, the character of a person? What are you looking for in the character of the person that you want to date? And once you write those things down, you have a clearer vision. And if you have a clearer vision, dating will be better for you because you automatically know this person does not fit my vision. They may be nice to hang out with, 
but long term, I don't think this is going to work. <laughs> so when you have those things written down, you understand what you're looking for. It's less confusion and it makes you a more confident dater. One of the biggest questions I get when I'm teaching people how to date in my business is they come to me and they say, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. You know, I, I don't know how to approach this. And I'm also doubting my decisions because I keep meeting people and they're not working out. And when I ask them, well, what exactly, how do you want love to feel? And most of the time the answer is, I, I, I don't know. I never thought about it. And it's like, you can find somebody that could check off every box that you want, but don't give you the feeling in a relationship that you want. And so sometimes just because you're checking the box does not mean that person is right for you. And if you understand exactly what you need and what your intentions are with dating, you, you'll see that. You'll be like, okay, well, they may check the box, but I also need this over here for me to feel, you know, complete in a relationship. So well, maybe some I, of your boxes should even be like, I want to feel this way with this person. Exactly. Because like for me, I tell people all the time, and that's an exercise I have them do. If, if you don't know what it is, let's sit down, let's write out how do you want love to feel. And it doesn't have to be anything that's, you know, this, this strict list. I tell people all the time, I want a relationship that feels like 90s R&B. You know, just fun, exciting. Do we have a bridge coming up? You know, does it make me feel like I want to belt and sing and just have a good time? I feel like ni- the 90s R&B was like the best part of music. I want a relationship that makes me feel that way. So it's just knowing how do you want it to feel? What's the patterns? What are the things that you want? How do you want your life to be with another person and fully understanding that? So when you meet the person, yeah, I do want these specific things that I want you to check off in terms of character, but I also know how I want it to feel when I'm with this person. So I would just tell people, challenge yourself to write that down, to write out not only what you're looking for in the person, but how you want love to feel. And then challenge yourself to get uncomfortable. Sometimes, you know, we, we, we put ourselves in a box unintentionally, not realizing it by saying, well, I'm not going to do this or I'm not going to do that, you know, and it's certain things that you do want to have standards and boundaries for things. But sometimes it may be when you call your girls up, if they all say they don't want to go out tonight, but you want to go, go by yourself, mm-hmm. you know, challenge yourself to, to be a little uncomfortable. You may go out that one night and the one person that ends up being your true love is there by themselves as well. And a lot of times people will approach you more when you're by yourself. Sometimes if you, you're in a group of people, it can be intimidating, especially if y'all are out having a good time, laughing it up. That person may say, uh, I don't want to interrupt. They look like they're having a good time. You know, they may they may not want to be bothered. But if you're by yourself and you're sitting and you look pleasant, somebody may come up and say, hey, how you doing? I noticed you were sitting here alone. You know, do you mind if I sit here with you? And that may not have happened if you had been out with your girls or if you had been out with your boys and it's a big group of you guys. So it's just challenging yourself to do things that you wouldn't normally do, getting out of your box, getting uncomfortable. And also when you're in that relationship, once you do get to a relationship, to tap in with each other, maybe have quarterly intention meetings. You know, maybe quarterly y'all sit down and just tap in and say, hey, how are we doing? Are you happy with the way the relationship is going thus far? Do you think there are things that we could be doing better? You know, what do you think that we're doing good that we need to do more of? And these are things that you can do to strengthen your long distance relationships, you know, and and just understanding, okay, what are our goals for the relationship? Are we meeting our goals? You know, and it doesn't have to be, you know, all corporate, like, you know, (laughs) because some people don't want to do that, but it's just, it's just tapping in. And doing these things to strengthen your relationship, whether it be long distance or, you know, local. I think these things are good no matter what. But I think anytime you decide that you are going to jump back in this dating world, you've got to make sure that you're really true and firm on what you're looking for. What are your intentions? How are you going to get there? And then making sure you have an action plan on how to do that and not just saying, hey, I, I want this. OK, so what are you doing to get that? Because you're definitely not going to get it if you stand in the house all day. So you got to kind of push yourself to do it. You know, even if you're a homebody, you know, if you need a friend, call a friend up that's going to get you out of the house and, and get you out of the norm. Because you've been, if you've been doing what you've always been doing and not getting good results, if you're not going to change, nothing is going to change in your love life either. So that would be my advice to those people that are out here trying to to date and trying to get back in the game. So write your intentions down, 
if you're going to do long distance like any relationship period make sure you know what you want make sure you're very clear about it and you will have way more success and a lot more fun along the way a lot more fun yes love that thank you coach ash appreciate those tips let's see we got our window seat yes yeah so who you got this week you doing window or aisle seat i'm doing window i feel like i tend to stick with with window for the most part um i have a couple of things can i do a couple of windows it's it's your time go ahead okay so one i want to give the window seat to bisan her name is bisan she's a journalist in palestine and she has been sharing what's going on on the ground in Gaza and just how it's continually being bombed and destroyed. And, you know, she's really risking her life to share these things at this point. There's not a lot of communication coming out. So she has to kind of put herself in compromising positions to show what's going on. Um, But really just her and all of the journalists there that are sharing what's happening, it's really helped just open my eyes to what's going on and given me you know, more hope that we can actually work together to make some changes, um, especially like with this year, you know, being, you know, the the new year, right? The numerology, adding up to new beginnings, like starting right. something new. And so I just really appreciate her sharing that. I know her one wish is to not be forgotten. And mm-hmm. I think that, you know, she's not going to be forgotten with as many people that have started following her, like millions of people following her now mm. at this point. And so just praying for her and everybody there in Gaza that, you know, they would be safe and that ultimately there would be a ceasefire and <laughs> that we can move forward in a way that honors that legacy. Yeah. I love that. So that's one. And then my other one is they're both TV, two TV shows I recently watched. Okay. That I really enjoyed. One is Rap Shit. I don't know if we talked about Rap Shit on here before. Oh, yes. And I'm sad it got canceled. It got canceled. We just got that news. But season two of Rap Shit was so good. I really got into the characters and the story. Mm -hmm. I enjoyed it so much. I hate that it was canceled. I hope another network picks it up i don't know if they could but i would love to see that show because there were so many stories i wanted to see how they would unfold yeah but it was, i was yeah. sad about that too yeah it was really good and then the other show i just watched was beef i don't so i don't know how i just missed it when it came <laughs> yeah, out because it's been out for a while it's been out for a while and i kind of started watching it then put it back down mm-hmm but it won all these awards during award season. So I'm like, well, let me pick it back up. When I tell you, that's one of the best shows I've ever watched. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, I, yeah, it's good. It's really good. And I think it exemplifies what I've, what's been one of the things that I've been saying the past couple of years. It's like, people are struggling. Yes. You never know what people are going through mm-hmm. when you encounter somebody in your day-to-day life. Um. So, yeah, it really exemplified, like, the depths to which people can be struggling. Yeah. And the way the story unfolded, it was just, it was really masterful. The writing of that, I was like, what? What? (laughs) I was like, what else could possibly happen? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It had me. It got a little weird at the end, but it it definitely, it had me gripped. Mm -hmm. It had me gripped for sure. So I appreciated that because I feel like a lot of TV and stuff I've been watching recently. I'm just been like, okay, you know, it's all right. But yeah. <laughs> that between those two shows, I have really appreciated it. Yeah, that beef was a good show. I enjoyed that too. So, hey, glad you picked it up. Well, my window seat. I feel like I'm giving window seats too. I can't remember last time I gave an aisle seat, but you know, today my window seat goes to the amazing Nikki Giovanni. There is a documentary about her on um, Max, and it's called Going to Mars, and it is amazing. Uh, Just everything about her. First of all, I love her poetry. I mean, come on, she's a dope poet. Uh, And I've been introduced to her works, you know, when I was in high school and immediately just like fell in love with everything she does. And this documentary, it really goes deep into who she is and the reason behind her works. 
and how she has just really lived a life of being authentic, even even with her views sometimes changing and things contradicting. She stays very true to who she is. And how can you not love somebody that doesn't have a thug life tattoo tattoo on their arm? Like <laughs> this is an eighty year old woman with a thug life tattoo on her arm. I love it, and she displays it with pride. And she said something in just the first few minutes of the documentary that really stuck to me. And she's being interviewed, and like the interviews she has from when she was younger are just like they keep me enthralled. I just I hang on to every word. And the interviewer asked her, said, the made, made the comment, you know, you're sort of like a prophet or like a saint. And she said, oh, no, 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 I, I am not a prophet. I'm not a saint because they die. They die early. I don't don't put me in that bucket. She said, I mean, I'm quoting her from this. She said, I am what they call a personal poet. And I try to bring out the personality of my life. You know, she says that my family was a good family because they are black people. And Black people are good people. And from that goodness, we can create the revolution. So that the revolution isn't a reaction to whiteness, but a forward thrust of Blackness. Mm. Come on now. I mean, like, Nikki, you know? Like, so it's, it's, if, if you love documentaries, if you are a lover of poetry, if you are a lover of people that just live their life without worrying about what other people think and just always are in, the forward process of their thinking and putting it out there and not really caring because she's gotten into some controversy by speaking her mind, but she stands 10 toes down on everything she says. And I love it. I live for it. And because of that, she will always have a window seat in my life, the front of the plane, business first, bring her the free liquor, whatever she wants, <laughs> bring it all to her. Because I love it. So if you love documentaries, if you love poetry and people that just out here live in their life, you will love this documentary. Again, it's called Going to Mars and it's on Max, which is affiliated with HBO. So HBO Max, they call it Max now. But yeah, it's a great documentary. It's got great reviews. And I think anybody that sits down and watches it will really be inspired by the life that Nikki has lived. So she's a legend. Love that. I'm going to add that to my list. Yeah, you're going to love it. It's a good one. It's a good one. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks y'all so much for listening to our first episode of 2024. Yeah, the first um, episode. Yeah, feel free to reach out to us if you're in a long distance relationship and you have some do's and don'ts. Let us know or if you have other questions, you can always reach out to us on Instagram at Love is a Trip Podcast. We'd love to hear from you. Yep, and until next time, Enjoy the trip.